the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for coming along for the Thursday, January 25th edition of The Ride Home. It's the fog edition. It is the fog edition. There's been a lot of fog today. It's beautiful, isn't it? You don't think it's beautiful? You have no... What? Seriously. We didn't... You don't think this is beautiful? It's like the ugliest day in Pittsburgh. Are you kidding me? I think it's the most beautiful day in Pittsburgh. It's... It's incredible. Look, I love living here, and I'm grateful to have another day of life. But that is an ugly day. No. You're totally wrong on this. I can't believe this. Yeah, no. It's a rare thing that we have fog like Uh, this. uh, It changes everything. No kidding. You can't see anything. Uh, I love it. It's just like a cloud of depression. I'm surprised to hear you say this. descended on the city. I was coming in this morning. I mean... (laughs) You were just loving it. It was like a wonderland. It's incredibly oh, gorgeous. Wonderland. It you is. You can't see. Lovely. Truly, it is. Holy smokes. I'm totally <laughs> now, you're a lover of beauty. I am. You a don't lover see of the beauty. beauty in this. No, I really don't. Oh, but okay. thank right, you. Maybe the fog's in the way. Coming up on today's program, probably more disagreements from John and I. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. It's early. Uh, in the five <laughs> it's early. In the five o'clock hour, teens are using TikTok to self diagnose medical health qualms. And experts are sounding the alarm. These poor kids. Honestly. I'm seriously. No. Stop. No Get kidding. Get rid of TikTok. No kidding. Anyway, so we're going to talk about that. Also, the call to follow Jesus in a life of mercy and mission. Amy DiMarcangelo will be with us to talk about that. And uh, three Pittsburgh chefs have been named James Beard finalists. Nice. That's really good. Also, in this hour, um, John, did you know that this year's Miss America is an active duty Air Force pilot? I did read this, yes, mm-hmm. a while ago. We're going to talk about that. It's interesting to see her photo like on the runway and then to see her like, Isn't in her jet. Isn't that great? So cool. Yeah. I just, I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Also, uh, have you changed where or what you're eating in the new year? <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Good. That's just a smattering, smattering of what there is to come. Isn't it weird to think a month ago it was Christmas Day? Wow. It seems like a long time ago. It really ago, does seem it? like a long time ago. It was December 20th. This is January 25th. I worked really, really hard hosting <laughs> at did. Christmas. And then when it was over, all I did for two weeks was binge watch TV. As well you should. I mean, have. I worked. But like when I wasn't working, I was binge watching right. TV. That's all I did. Good. Well, I'm glad you're back with the living. I know you didn't ask what I've been doing so long, but I just felt like I needed to tell you. Excellent. Well, as we always do, we start this show off with the news. Here's the top four at four. It's Thursday, January 25th, John. Number one. In a Wall Street Journal exclusive today, the U.S. secretly warned Iran that the Islamic State was preparing to carry out the terrorist attack earlier this month that killed more than 80 Iranians. 
and a pair of coordinated suicide bombings. Yeah, it was a confidential alert that came from the U.S. They had acquired intelligence that the Islamic State's affiliate in Afghanistan, known as ISIS-K, was plotting to attack Iran. And so American officials said that they passed the information to Iran, and it was specific enough about location, and it was timely that it would have proved useful, but nobody knows why Iran failed to prevent the suicide bombing. Fascinating. Isn't that? Officials with Iran's mission to the U.N. did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Boy, I'd like to read deeper I know. That. Well, you can yeah. in today's Wall Street Journal. Excellent. Number two. In a northern section of the Gaza Strip, John, a wasteland has been created. A one-kilometer-wide area along the border is part of an Israeli plan to construct a security zone just inside Gaza to which Palestinians would be barred entry. With bulldozers and other heavy equipment, they leveled greenhouses and other structures. They filled Hamas militants' tunnel shafts and plowed under farm fields. Everything, a soldier said, has been flattened. It was mostly agriculture, but now it's a military zone, a complete no man's land. So to Israeli officials, this buffer zone is a critical security measure in their plan to demilitarize Gaza and assure Israelis that they can return to their towns and communities that are on the border. Right. Um, It's also going to create a clear field of fire so Israeli troops can see if anyone's coming. But the project is a source of growing frustration for U.S. officials, according to today's CBS News, who say they first voiced their, oh no, sorry, Wall Street Journal, who say they first voiced their opposition to such plans shortly after the war began, and they have watched with growing dismay as Israel has pushed ahead on the plan anyway. Number three, wait till you hear this. Wait to hear this. No pun intended. Children with hereditary deafness regained their hearing thanks to a type of gene therapy, according to a new study published today. In a clinical trial co-led by investigators from Massachusetts Eye and Ear, a specialty hospital in Boston, six kids who had a form of genetic deafness called DFN-B9 were examined. It's caused by a mutation of a particular gene, and it fails to produce a protein, blah, blah, blah. I won't go into the clinical details of it, but... The trial began in December of 2022, um, and it involved the use of an inactive virus carrying a functioning version of that gene that caused the deafness, right? And it was introduced into the inner area of six kids in differing doses. They were observed for 26 weeks, and five of the six kids who were classified as having total deafness recovered their hearing and the restored ability to conduct normal conversations. Can you believe that? It's the very first human clinical trial to use a gene therapy for treating this condition. Wow. I mean, that's just incredible. Read more about that. Today's ABC News. And number four, Pittsburgh Public Schools facing a quote unquote budget crisis and staffing issues also, which prompted board president Gene Walker to advocate for developing and presenting recommendations on a facilities utilization plan, which to me sounds like closing buildings mm-hmm. that's your top four at four so i'm reading that the uh, pittsburgh public schools are 50 percent capacity yes it's a 50, lot of space 50 50 wow yeah 52 utilization of its buildings to be specific some schools though are running above capacity such as alderdice mm-hmm. in squirrel hill at 114 percent um, but then there are others that are at 27 percent. they said we have staffing problems mostly because we're spread so thin there's a minimum number of staff that you have to have in a building 
well, hopefully figured out, right? Between uh, low birth rates and uh, charter schools and whatnot. Yep, and private schools yeah, and all every, that sort of thing. Everything's changed. Yep. All right, we'll take a quick break, come back. Uh, when we do come back, we're going to talk about the Southern Baptists. This is an ongoing story, but... Uh, we have to go there. We need to talk about this mm-hmm. abuse within the Southern Baptist. That's straight ahead on the right home or Pittsburgh's Christian talk. It's Word FM. Sadly, if you are a Christian believer, you are well versed, I believe, uh, in abuse within the churches. Whatever your faith, uh, Roman Catholic, of course, uh, the PA uh, report here what, five or six years ago sent shockwaves through. And of course, other denominations, Presbyterians, Episcopalians, Methodists, you name it. There have been Mennonites, me- Amish, yep. Sovereign Grace. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Well, uh, the Southern Baptists, of course, they are part of this as well. And uh, Bob Sumatra is with us. Uh, he's going to talk about the Southern Baptist abuse and uh, what it means for us uh, as we look at this. Bob, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Bob, this is an interesting thing for us to talk about here because in Pittsburgh, we don't have a lot of Southern Baptist churches. I mean, they're a smattering, uh, but obviously, you know, we're in the the, the northeastern part of the U.S. Um, but John and I thought it was important to talk about this because it's just it's a cautionary tale for all of us who believe in Jesus, uh, regardless of denomination. And also, I think it's an important story for the country um, as far as our cultural evolution and understanding. So let's talk first. Let's set the stage for people who don't know the story. Paul Pressler. Um, an eminent Texas Republican, you write, he was a state rep. He was a judge in Houston, first vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention. But not just that, one of the architects of the conservative resurgence uh, in the 1970s in the SBC. Talk about why the conservative resurgence they believed was necessary. Why was it such a big deal? So in the 1970s, you had um, you had uh, this kind of battle between conservatives and uh and moderates in the SBC. A lot of it was over um, new ideas about theology, whether every story in the Bible was literally true. So there's a six-day creation, um, it, all the way up to the resurrection. So that, that, those kind of ideas were in, in Southern Baptist Seminary. So there was, a, there was a kind of fight over theology. There was also a fight over who would be in charge, whether people who were more both theologically and politically conservative would be in charge, or folks who are kind of more moderate. So the SBC in the 1970s had a lot of Democrats and Republicans. They were much more diverse in their political views and their theological views. So in 19, starting the 70s and beyond, you had the takeover by, it's either called the resurgence or takeover. You had a mm. civil war, basically, who would be in charge. And the conservative side won and, and really has shaped. So anyone who's a leader in the SBC right now uh, and anyone who's at their seminaries, and those seminaries educate more pastors than any other seminaries in the country, they, ha- they owe their allegiance to this conservative resurgence. The Pressler in particular was also really important in bringing evangelicals closely allied with the Republican Party. So one reason that evangelicals, he's not the only person, but he's as influential behind the scenes as someone like Jerry Falwell was, or other folks of what we call the religious right. So he did these two, he had these two, um, two really important uh, kind of uh, culture-changing roles. And behind the scenes, he had a long history of sexual abuse, and that was hidden for years. Right. 
So not a household name, um, especially outside SBC circles, but very prominent in leadership. Um, so the well-known sexual abuse charges, um, well-known how, Paul, how Bob, uh, by whom, and why were they not brought to light? So this is a good question. So yeah, because one reason is that Pressler hid them for years. So they, they start in the 1970s when Pressler left the Presbyterian Church come back to SEC. He told people, I came back to save the SEC. What actually had happened is the church had kicked him out for alleged sexual abuse. So it was hidden. And then he became such a big figure that even his local church, say in 2004, had reprimanded him because he was inviting young men to naked hot tub with him. And that, this is what he did. He would kind of groom people, He'd invite these young men to his house, start allegedly grouping them, and a number of young men have come forward. And then uh, but no one would critique him because they said, well, you're so important. You will make us all look bad. Um, it wasn't really public, publicly known until 2017 when a former assistant of Pressler sued him for sexual abuse and made a series of allegations. Uh, and the, it, it, as that case unfolded, the lawyers for the SBC and other Southern Baptist entities did not, were not very aggressive in going to discovery because they feared what they'd find out. Uh, they say that's an email. So there was, a, you know, it wasn't, there were, have always been whispers. I, I've been covering the SEC for years. When the lawsuit was filed, I could not find anyone who said they were surprised by it, nor anyone to defend Pressler or to talk about it. There's no one want to talk about it. So they, really in 2017, the last six years, this, this has been known. <sighs> I have so many questions about that, Bob. Um, okay, so the ex the SBC's executive committee, uh, that would be like a board of directors type of thing uh, in a company. So they knew about these allegations against Pressler? Their lawyers knew about them. And everyone, I mean, once it, it became public in 2017. But everybody, but, but you're saying it was kind of common knowledge before then? It was, it was knowledge behind the scene, but I think it's the kind of thing that that people didn't, they knew but didn't talk about. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's hard to find any hard to find any documentation that people knew. Right. There were whisper campaigns. It was, and that's part of the problem in this lawsuit is who is liable? Did people really know? And the SEC's executive committee, it's part board of directors, but really more it's the back office for the SEC. Oh, okay. Um, so the SEC is connected. This is what people don't get, which makes this so interesting. The SEC is collected by is connected by money. They caught, they pool a lot of money to fund missions and seminaries and church planning, but it's not connected by hierarchy. So that that back office doesn't control the local churches. So all these people are connected together, and they all benefit from this connection. And there's a lot of relationships on how people get jobs, but they don't place people in churches. Mm -hmm. So the SEC is dealing with really two things. Are we liable when the when pastors and churches abuse? And what is our moral responsibility? And for a long time, the SEC knew there were abusive pastors, but their leadership said, we cannot do anything about that. And in fact, that became a strategy. Inaction became a defense strategy mm -hmm. because they didn't do anything to address it. They could say, we're not liable. Their lawyer in this lawsuit, what we found uh, and we, there was a big uh, report on abuse in the SEC. What we have found over the last few years is that the strategy was stonewall any abuse allegations or any reforms 
to help churches deal with this so that we are not liable because it would threaten the money. That's what the SEC is kind of grappling with now. What they, The local churches have told their leaders, we have to do something. But um, this lack of hierarchy and this fear of liability has made it very difficult to actually put reforms in place. And it makes Southern Baptist leadership and actually churches reluctant because they don't they don't feel liable and they're worried about being sued, but they feel some moral culpability. So they're in this really hard spot. Now, Paul Pressler is an old man. He's 93 years old. And Bob, we started this conversation. You start, took us back to the 1970s. So this has been going on for a long time. Goodness knows how many men, young men and young women have been abused in those decades. And still the SBC, with the evidence before them, will not step forward for fear of lawsuits. Now, of course, we started this as well, the Catholic Church. They essentially had to Complain. cop to the guilt mm -hmm. and they've been paid, you know, paid out millions and millions of dollars over thousands and thousands of young men and women who were abused, but still the SBC, knowing this and looking at other uh, sexual abuse cases in the church, they cannot, will not come clean. Uh, they, they have been, they, they, they had a big series of repentance. They have tried to come clean. They just don't know. They don't know how to move forward. And it's, and because so much money is involved, there is, that does missions, there is a fear of threatening that. I think also there is, there's also a the local church wants to, they have said, we want to do these reforms. It's the, they don't have a, a mechanism to make those reforms stick. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, they and don't have a hierarchy or, a, or, a, or the governance to do that. Yeah, the governance, but they cooperate in all kinds of things. They cooperate naturally. So they have this ability to cooperate. It's just, um, how do they put that into practice? I think the other thing is very few leaders of the SEC have come out and said, a couple of them have recently, but say uh, Al Mohler, probably the most well-known Southern Baptist theologian. He runs uh, a big Christian opinion site that talks about all kinds of stuff, right? The, the outside culture. I think there's a real disappointment that he, and he benefited from this conservative resurgence benefited from Pressler has never said a word about this. So I think there's also this, uh, I think if, if part of the tension here is that if leaders had said, this was terrible, we must do something together because we, you know, and distance himself from this person. He's 90 years old. He is this person that was important because he was held up as the hero of the convention for so long. I think there's, uh, I was talking to Rachel Den Hollander, who's an abuse survivor. She was, She's the person who brought down the abusive doctor in the U.S. gymnastics case. Yeah, yeah. Right. Very well known. Jerry Nasser. She, she basically said she was, she was quoting from a scripture saying that as far as someone's influence goes, that's how far you have to rebuke them if they fail. And that's her concern is, wait, this person was held up, so why can't we say this was wrong? And then I think the Southern Baptist, that what um, liability is real because if you start – once suits come, they might win the lawsuits, but drain all their money. That's what's happened right now. The central office, all their money has been drained. And now those churches and entities are going to have to say, well, we have to give them more money. Well, do they want to give more money mm -hmm. to, to keep operating? So that's the kind of tension right now. 
And I think it's a, I think one, one, one aside, one thing this story actually reveals according to me is there is, there's a couple states where if church report, churches report abuse, they're not liable for, say, defamation. But in other places, what happens is church reports an abusive pastor. Now, the Catholic Church is, I, I, I'm not sure how the, the Catholic Church has actually paid for this because they, they appointed people. Yep. But in a lot of churches, Protestant churches where there's not a hierarchy, if you report a pastor for abuse or misconduct, that pastor will come back and sue you for ruining their reputation. This is happening in Southern Baptist. So they have two major leaders, a former president, Johnny Hunt, former seminary um, a professor named David Sills, both were named in this report for abuse of adults, right, in misconduct. And both have admitted in their court filings of misconduct that most people would say disqualifies the pastor. They have sued saying the SEC ruined our reputation by telling people about our misconduct. Wow. So that is a that is a complicating thing. I think it's a there's some work to um, to change some state laws to make it easier for churches to report. Uh, I think that is um, that's a technical policy problem that is not easy to fix, but one that probably is also at play here. So it's a very, it's very complicated. I think there is. Um, I think the question is, is there enough willpower to say that sexual abuse is a big enough problem that people have to change the way they did business? Or will folks say it's just going to cost us too much and we can't do it? Bob Smetana is with us, Religion News Service. Bob, we need to take a break. Can you stay with us? Sure. Terrific. We'll be right back. It's a ride home. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice, plus cryofacial for just $2.49. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com today. Tired of your damp, wet, musty basement, but afraid of the sticker shock to repair? Highlander Waterproofing and Foundation Repair believes you deserve much, much better than the status quo. Winner of the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Ethics two years in a row, Highlander is setting a new standard in an industry known for high-pressure predatory sales tactics. From basement waterproofing to full foundation rebuilds backed by the best warranty in the industry, don't fall prey. Call Highlander today. Schedule a free, no-obligation inspection at highlanderwaterproofing.com. Ad paid for by the Sentinel Group. Attention Marines, military personnel, families, and contractors who were stationed at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune between August 1953 and December of 1987? You may be entitled to significant compensation. For nearly 34 years, those in the Marine Corps' base Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries, including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. North Carolina's procedural laws have prevented victims from getting the justice they deserve, but past Passage of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act of 2022 would allow you or a loved one to file lawsuits seeking compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water. Call today for your free consultation. 800-301-9153. Let our experienced attorneys fight to get you the compensation you deserve. And you pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Call 800-301-9153. That's 800-301-9153. Again, 800-301-9153. 
A new year has begun, and the teachers, parents, staff, and students at Eden Christian Academy are excited for what lies ahead. Because every day at Eden is a day for new beginnings, filled with new opportunities, new possibilities to explore and learn new things about God, ourselves, and our world. May your new year be filled with the hope and promise of new possibilities in God who makes all things new. A message from your friends at Eden Christian Academy at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh. Find us at oneplace.com on your smart speaker, the Word FM mobile app, or stream us 24-7 at wordfm.com. Sharing the word that changes the world. Dense fog advisory now in effect through later this evening. For tonight, areas of fog with occasional rain and drizzle, low 48 with temperatures rising to the mid-50s. Areas of fog tomorrow morning and breezy, otherwise mostly cloudy and mild. Tomorrow's high 55. Tomorrow night, low clouds, fog, low 39. Saturday, cloudy with areas of drizzle. Saturday will reach a high of 46. with Bob Smetana from Religion News Service. We're talking about the uh, sexual abuse story that has been connected with the Southern Baptist Church, the Southern Baptist denomination for the the last, which is the largest denomination in America over the last three or four years. Um, So, Bob, you know, last time I looked, there are between 13 and 14 million Southern Baptists, which is greater than the population of several U.S. states. Um, Like John said, the largest denomination in America. Um, So I feel like this has a lot of implications, not just for the church, but also for the larger American culture. Do you think? I think so. It's a really important thing. And this is a... It's the largest Protestant denomination, just to be clear. So Catholics are bigger, okay. but it's large Protestant. And it does um, it, it does affect, because, because Southern Baptists have so much influence in how they train pastors and how they, and the size of the thing, and their voice on public issues, right? So their public issues, they are, so you have Southern Baptists who are opposed to, say, same-sex marriage, or they're talking about all kinds of moral issues. And so this, this I think, um, because they're so big, people pay attention to it. And I think um, one of the questions for that this raises is kind of this public witness of um, this denomination saying you know, that has views on all kinds of things, not being able to address abuse. And I, I think um, what's, what's really interesting about the FCC is that when local churches and local pastors leaders had a chance to say, what do you want to do about abuse? They overwhelmingly voted to address the reforms. They have said from the bottom up that we don't want this to happen. It's the kind of, and I think it probably says something about America in general, that the American public has I, things that they would like to fix in America. And there's a failure of leadership in, I think many people would say, in, in the American public, you know, in the U.S. government, to fix problems that everyone wants fixed. Mm-hmm. And probably, like the SBC, that there's, there's a difficult for, difficulty of, of grassroots folks wanting to make changes 
that they think are important and being unable to get those changes through. Right. So, Bob, in the, the, whether it's the Catholic Church or other Christian denominations, when the abusers were identified, uh, they were either pushed out or resigned. Paul Pressler, yeah. let's go back to Paul Pressler, at 93, still here, he is doing what in Gage Tau with the SBC? He's probably not in Gage Tau because he's very ill. He's probably, he's, his, his real influence, but it's, as, as recently as 2016, he was still active. So he was at the Southern Baptist Convention meeting. In 2016, they had a big debate over the Confederate flag, and um, they... Uh, uh, he wanted to speak that in favor of the Confederate flag, and they cut him off. So that was his sort of last public appearance. Okay. What we what we see now is that he still has relationships with all those leaders, and that his influence is still there. So he's probably not. He's very. He's been ill. He's not active, but he's not disappeared. If he showed up in the Southern Baptist Convention, I mean, they don't they don't ban people, but his church still send him as a representative to that meeting. And there has really been no public denouncing of the from the FBC of him in the way that there was public acclaim for him. Um, Bob, there's something. Part of the yeah, we're talking to Bob Smetana from Religion News Service. Bob, there's something so profoundly disturbing about the fact that Paul Pressler and those who were kind of on his bandwagon were so eminently concerned with conservative principles in uh, American life and conservative theology in the church, and so completely unconcerned about personal moral behavior uh, befitting somebody who calls themselves a Christian. Uh, that to me, that's the foundation of this story. Is how how uh, disconnect? Yeah how how did, how yeah. did that disconnect? Uh, how did it happen? And how was it allowed to continue? I think two things happened. I think um, for the uh, leaders in the SEC would probably say they were so concerned about theology that they weren't concerned about character. I think this has probably been a in uh, this is in a lot of Protestant circles. If you are a good speaker and influential, you can get away with a lot. That's one of, one of the people I spoke to, Pat, from Beverly, is like, you can just get away with this. I think this sure. is the other the other change that we saw in American culture for uh, that that we're still dealing with now. Yeah. So when say, if you look back to Bill Clinton, right? Bill Clinton's uh, sexual misconduct in the White House, no big deal, was publicly. Was well, no back then for, it for evangelicals. It was a big deal, they right? Were out right, and for Democrats, it was no big deal because he believed no the same things they did, right? Yes, that is right. So it's very similar, right? We we all. I don't know if you look at Ted Kennedy, right? I, I was from yep. Massachusetts. Ted Kennedy did all this, you know, was very influential in office. Had these personal more. We have often. Oh, this is one big big thing. We all almost always overlook the. Misconduct of people we like. Our guy. I think for yeah, our guy. So for evangelicals, this has become the problem when you have um, that our political alliance. Well, let me back up. Our political alliances in America are so powerful; they determine everything. Mm -hmm. They determine who we vote for, and so people will put up with all kinds of things because they dislike the other side so much. And that's this is probably a question. That every American and every churchgoer and everyone has to deal with is what happens when your dislike of other people is used against you. So, so 
makes you not being able to see your own side and say, wait, what do we stand for? Right. Um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge question. And as long as um, I, I think people have a bully pulpit, too. I think the other, the other thing is we. Hey, Bob, let me stop you because we're, we're up against another break. Sure. So hold on to that thought. We'll take a Stay break and then we'll come back with you. Very good. Yeah. Bob Smetana's uh, kind enough to share this hour with us. Religion News Service. So stay close. It's the uh, Thursday edition. It's the Red Home. 101.5 WORD. It's only January, but already Word FM is thinking about this fall and back to school. Back to school! If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half-price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Will you allow the Chinese communist regime to dictate the arts? Shen Yun artists have overcome relentless interference from Beijing to present performances that show China before communism. See what Beijing doesn't want you to see. Don't miss the show. This is Kathy Emmons. Join me for Shen Yun at the Benetton Center, January 27th to 28th. Get your tickets today at shenyun.com. That's S-H-E-N-Y-U-N dot com. This is an urgent message from the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. It's so cold here at the former Soviet Union. Very, very cold. Every winter is a fight for survival. President and CEO of the fellowship, Yael Eckstein. I can't feel my fingers and I can't even begin to describe to you the cold that's in the air. And I'm going around visiting these elderly Holocaust survivors that don't have gloves, that don't have a coat. And oftentimes they don't even have heating. Throughout the former Soviet Union and in war-torn Ukraine, the poorest and most vulnerable Jews are in desperate need of food and winter provisions. With a gift of just $25 to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, you will help provide one emergency food box to a poor elderly Jew. Call 800-354-3939. 800-354-3939. That's 800-354-3939. What would God want for these elderly Holocaust survivors? He would want to bless them. He would want to give to them. Once I've seen their suffering, I can't just turn my back on them. And if I don't help, no one will. If I don't bring them heat, they won't have heat this winter. If I don't bring them food, then they will not eat. And that's what the fellowship tries to do. Today, you can be an angel sent by God to bless one of His chosen. A gift of just $25 to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews helps provide one emergency food box to a poor elderly Jew. $50 helps provide life-saving winter provisions like heating fuel, warm blankets, winter clothing, and medical assistance. Call 800-354-3939. 800-354-3939. 800-354-3939. with Bob Smetana from Religion News Service. We've been talking uh, with Bob this hour about the Paul Pressler case. If you've never heard the name Paul Pressler, he's someone who has been um, of great significance to the Southern Baptist denomination, which is not something that's prevalent in the Pittsburgh area, but the largest Protestant denominations in, in America. 
Bob, in our last segment, we were talking about the SBC, and you said something which is, uh, I mean, laughable if it wasn't so shocking that essentially the SBC is so concerned about theology, not so much about morality. I mean, in this day and age, it's just hard to wrap your mind around that. Yeah, I think I think um, the SBC, like I think the larger evangelical world and the larger Christian world, has dealt with this um, this issue of celebrity. This issue of if you will become a celebrity, if you're a powerful preacher, and we've seen lots more and more and more uh, celebrity pastors, celebrity leaders, powerful leaders fail because of character. But yep. I think it does. That has become an issue, and I think here's where it becomes the issue. We we see we, we got this bigger problem, or bigger reality in American life that people no longer trust institutions, and they certainly don't trust churches. They no longer go to church as much. And one reason is because of this lack of faith in the leadership to do the right thing when something goes wrong. It's not that I think no one is concerned. No one is surprised when a leader fails, when people do abusive things. It's disappointing. It's betrayal. It's heartbreaking. But we know that people, people are terrible, right? Can do terrible things. It's the, what happens, I think, the loss of faith comes when, and like with this presser thing, if someone knew, I, I talked to an SEC leader and said, wait, I'm not surprised as a pastor that this person could be wicked and sinful. I'm surprised that if people knew about it, they didn't stop it. And I think that's what the, this story says is, how could this go on so long? How could people have been disused? And how could people have found out about it and then said, well, it's, are, it's, it would be too embarrassing to tell the truth, so we'll just not say anything. And again, that's just fundamental, basic Christianity, is repentance and forgiveness. That I mean, it couldn't be more basic than that. And yet, that, you know, that those very basic personal things, are, are you saying, are at the root of this issue? Yeah, that, that's part of it. Do the right thing. This is... I. I, I will tell you a, a funny, an interesting story. I had a, uh, I talked to a new, uh, a new religious leader at a major religious group in America recently, who was just given his office. And I asked, you know, you do an introductory interview, and he said at the, I, I usually say at the end, well, what should I have asked you? And he turned it on and he said, no, can I ask you a question? What advice do you have to me? And what I said to them was, clean up your own mess, mm. because what happens in the media is. By the time we find out about a scandal or misconduct, it's all gone too far. There's been people's lives destroyed. The whole thing is on fire, and we are coming in so late. And we, we as a reporter, I wish people would, when things go wrong, just deal with it. Yeah. Because it would never, it wouldn't go so far. There wouldn't be so much harm. And religion and churches are really important to American culture. Yeah. They're really important, but they become, and they're so easily destroyed by inaction. And I think um, that is something that folks have to grapple with. Yeah. I mean, you see, you know, people rushing to exit to church in general, especially Christian churches. We don't clean up our own mess well. Uh, and if you're, you know, someone who's on the on the left, you go, well, why would I ever want to be? With or those what about people? if you're a person who's 18 years old? We, we're talking about the rise of the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty easy to understand why people don't believe anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, and people don't, you know, the tr one thing that's changed in American culture is that, say, 50 years ago, people believed that they ought to go to church sure. because that's what you did as a good person. Now people don't have that external pressure to go to church. So now they have to decide, well, why should I go? go? Should I believe in this thing? And and the, so there's a lot more scrutiny and a lot more questions. That, so if, if, uh, if a person says, I can't believe you tell the truth about sociological things, the behavior of your leaders, how can I believe you to tell the truth about spiritual things yeah. when I can't trust you about other things? It's a real... It's a, a reality, and um, what, what I'm, I'll be watching with the SEC, one reason I'm going to be covered so, is that it's important. And can they find their way through to make reforms, yeah. which is going to take a long time. I think people, what happens in movements is people get really fired up, and they want to make change, and they make votes, and then the follow-through is the, is the long, hard slog of it. Yeah. That's, right, That's what yeah. the SEC is now, the long, hard slog. And they had delayed so long, the, the other part of it, the SEC, so in, in two, early, about 2007, 2008, SEC was thinking about doing some reforms on abuse and really addressing this issue. There had been an ABC News report about abuse. And a Catholic bishop, leading Catholic bishop, wrote to the president of the SEC and said, dear president, you know, dear pastor, we had just been through this. And we have discovered all the things we did wrong. And it is a problem for you as well. Now, the SEC is different in that they're not appointing pastors. Right. They're not keeping records. But this happened. And he urged them, please do something before it's too late. And the president wrote back, and I'm going to paraphrase, basically, thank you for your letter. We're praying for you. We have this under control. It's you're, not a big deal. You're kidding me. So it's a really, I mean, it's... It, it, it just has not aged well because it's this this idea of, well, no, that's the, so the delay is so long. So, so many people have been hurt and disappointed that those folks who waited so long and those folks who raised issues were called, you know, they were in, in emails, they were called the devil. They were rejected. You're just trying to destroy God's church. You're trying to ruin everything. So they were pushed out. So you have all these people who are really hurt for a very long time who had to drag the SP into admitting had an abuse problem and they have no because of the trauma they have no patience right. for delay and and the fix is a long fix yeah so that's the that's the reality what you have this pressure so the more that that people delay dealing with misconduct the harder it is to do and the the more trust is in law and then you don't have time to fix things whereas even though know, it's in our lives same thing so the long fix, I mean, there has to be conversation now that all this has come to, to light, Bob, right? I mean, yeah. the SBC has to yeah. be doing something. Yes, they are doing something. And there, there, there are some, there are some, one thing that is, that we'll probably be recording a little more on is there have been some, some, uh, some progress. So congregations, I think, are more likely to tell the police now. States are more likely to train people. This is what you do. It's making that regular. It's making the habit. And now they have to know. Now the problem is, once you call the police, what do you do? Because do you tell everyone in the church? How do you handle it? They're kind of working on stuff. So there's a lot of education and training and resources being done at the grassroots. Uh, we hear more cases. Now, one thing I hear more now 
just reporting on is more people, more cases where the police were called by the church earlier on. Mm-hmm. But we are still, we're still dealing with unreported stuff from the past. But I think there has been some progress. It's just how do you, making those, that progress stick probably requires spending money and staff just to do the training and those kind of things. I mean, that's, the Catholic Church, what they did when they, they put together a local council, but they also made a set of rules. Now, they were top-down, the bishops do this. They, they are much more aggressive at recalling the police and suspending people and active now. But they had, they had a set of bishops who could meet together, and it's not perfect, but they said bishops who said, we're going to do this, yep. and you have to do this, where the SEC doesn't have that. So you almost have to spend more time and money and energy um, promoting and training and stuff. And so the question now is whether they can figure out a way to find that money and do that, and whether the leadership can do that and whether they can get people to approve it. Yes. Well, the SBC donates nearly $10 billion billion with a b billion dollars annually to their churches nearly yep. half a billion of which and i'm reading bob from your article here goes each year to fund cooperative ministries in the u.s and abroad including six major seminaries and a world missionary force uh, you know from from what i've heard and read over the last five or six years do we really want to use that amount of money to export this kind of garbage to other places? I mean, I, I, I hate, I'm not saying everything the SBC does is garbage, but I'm saying if it's polluted like this, I think they'd be a whole lot. And I know I'm speaking from the outside in, they'd be a lot better off using their money to clean house than it is to, you to know, reset. to bring more converts into a broken system. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of discussion about that. It's, it's, it's what's being exported. Now those missionaries have done, some work, uh, the missionary, like their mission, the International Mission Board has done work to make sure they have strong policies to make sure that abusers aren't, you know, if they had an abusive missionary that they deal with it and that kind of stuff. But I think this, yeah, this question of have you cleaned up your own house so that people will trust you with this message yeah. is, a, is a question that they're trying to figure out. And I think um, because they've cooperated so long and driving missions is what drives the giving to money. What what ends up happening is people say, well, I don't want my missions money to go to pay an abuse survivor or to deal with something else. So it's hard to say, can you give money to fund abuse reform at a national office? Nobody, you know, this is a big problem in philanthropy in general. Every, almost every charity deals with this is that everybody wants to give money to the program. Nobody wants to give money to the oversight of that program to make sure that money is counted, make sure that it's done ethically. And I think that's a, that is a, um, a larger societal problem that churches are trying to deal with too. It's like, how do you get people to, to, to know that, that money, that doing charitable work responsibly costs money. Right. I mean, Bob, that's true. I mean, the widow's might is going to, to lawyers. I mean, it's the same kind of feeling. Right, right. Bob, thanks an awful lot. Yeah, it, we really appreciate yeah, your time this afternoon. Really, oh, it's been a great conversation. Appreciate you very much. Yeah. Our pleasure. We're bringing uh, Yeah, well, listen, Bob Smetana has done outstanding reporting for a long time. You can check out this article that he's written. It's called Paul Pressler's Case Haunts Southern Baptist Abuse Reform. You'll find it at Christianity Today. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Ruder Plumbing? Here's why. 
Our owner, Bob Beal, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Reuter2 today. A new year has begun, and the teachers, parents, staff, and students at Eden Christian Academy are excited for what lies ahead. Because every day at Eden is a day for new beginnings, filled with new opportunities, new possibilities to explore and learn new things about God, ourselves, and our world. May your new year be filled with the hope and promise of new possibilities in God who makes all things new. A message from your friends at Eden Christian Academy at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Tired of your damp, wet, musty basement, but afraid of the sticker shock to repair? Highlander Waterproofing and Foundation Repair believes you deserve much, much better than the status quo. Winner of the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Ethics two years in a row, Highlander is setting a new standard in an industry known for high-pressure predatory sales tactics. From basement waterproofing to full foundation rebuilds backed by the best warranty in the industry, don't fall prey. Call Highlander today. Schedule a free, no-obligation inspection at HighlanderWaterproofing.com. Urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000, with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-320-7171. That's 800-320-7171. 800-320-7171. Plan now to Join Word FM aboard the Gateway Clipper. It's our Valentine Dinner Cruise, Friday, February 16th. A special night out for sweethearts, couples, and friends. Enjoy a delicious dinner buffet in the romantic warmth of the Gateway Clippers Empress as you take in spectacular views of the city skyline. Boarding time is 6 p.m. Book now at wordfm.com. Sponsored in part by Trinity Jewelers and Cornerstone Television. There's certainly a lot to unpack with our last conversation about the SBC and abuse. We've been through this here in the city of Pittsburgh. And to their credit, I do believe that the diocese there in the city of Pittsburgh and Bishop Zubik have really stepped up to the plate and done the right thing. Right. So to use that as a template in some way, not to say that it's, you know. Which is what that. Uh, I believe it was a, I don't know if it was a cardinal or a bishop that reached out to the head of the SBC that Bob's right. uh, We've been there. Showed, We've done that. Yeah. Just take care of it. And they're Do like, the right thing. No, we're good. I mean, I mean well, I, so it, we should say off the top that neither one of us are perfect in our personal lives, moral gravy. lives or spiritual lives. No. So I'm not. not not trying to be a finger pointer in no. any way, shape, or form. I'm not shaming them, although what's done is certainly worthy of shame. When you think about 
all these young men, all these young women for decade after decade after decade and not to take responsibility and to bury the abusers and just go, well, you know, it's it's really not that bad. Right. And not only were they not acknowledging the sexual abuse claims, but Bob just alluded to this. We could have talked about this a lot longer. SBC leaders were aggressively against the abuse victims. You are trying to disrupt the church. You're working against God. You are getting in the way of ministry. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's evil is what it is. But, you know, the other thing I was thinking when Bob was talking, he mentioned how hard it is for us to come to grips with failings in our guy. You know what I mean? So we said, you know, how is it that Paul Pressler was allowed to abuse young boys for decades in the Southern Baptist Church? And he said, well, you know, this is that. So whether it's Paul Pressler or it's uh, Theodore McCarrick, Mm -hmm. right, Right. in Washington, D.C., or it's Mark Driscoll at Mars Hill or it's it's Donald Trump or it's Bill Clinton, we have a hard time acknowledging when our guy is a screw up. We can be blind. And you know what? We need to we need to get better at that because none of us are perfect and there is no reason why we should be in any way, shape or form lining up to support an abuser. It just shouldn't happen. At the same time, we all know our shortfallings. Also, though, I just think about all these victims. I know. Like, what are we doing? We're just telling these people. You crush people's lives. Change their and you're concerned about your missionary budget? Or your theology? Come on. Instead of making things right and ensuring that this never happens again to any boy or girl, any adult, man or woman. Hear us on your smart speaker when you say, play the word Pittsburgh, or find us on the Word FM mobile app on one place or wordfm.com. And always at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, sharing the word that changes the world. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The U.S. Supreme Court will not stop an Alabama execution. Contract killer Kenneth Eugene Smith is sent to be executed Thursday night by nitrogen hypoxia, a never-before-used method. The Labor Department reporting more Americans filed jobless benefits last week, but layoffs remain at historically low levels. Applications rose to 214,000 for the week ending January 20th, an increase of 25,000 from the previous week. On Wall Street, stocks closed higher following signals that the economy is going more powerfully than economists had expected. The Dow was up 242 points. The Nasdaq gained 28 points today and the S&P 500 adding 25. This is SRN News. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's dairy farm tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. 
At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. Hi, friends. Tom Lewis for Cross International. Thank you to everyone who gave in our campaign in the last few days, but still some work to be done. About 175 children remain to be rescued with your $62 one-time gift for each one. Could you join us and help us finish the work for the children of Malawi, Zambia, and Uganda who are so desperate for the things you and I take for granted most days? They need food for the next year clean drinking water, Christian education, Bibles, and other life-saving resources. So again, still about 175 children to rescue. Maybe you could be one of 20 friends to rescue a family of five. Maybe you could be one of our world changer givers with a $1,000 gift or more. Here's the number, 866-806-2977, or the Cross International banner at WordFM.com. Ad paid for by the Sentinel Group. Attention Marines, military personnel, families, and contractors who were stationed at Camp Lejeune. Were you present at Camp Lejeune between August 1953 and December of 1987? You may be entitled to significant compensation. For nearly 34 years, those in the Marine Corps' base Camp Lejeune were exposed to contaminated drinking water, resulting in devastating injuries, including several forms of cancer, adverse birth outcomes, Parkinson's disease, and more. North Carolina's procedural laws have prevented victims from getting the justice they deserve. But passage of the Camp Lejeune Justice Act of 2022 would allow you or a loved one to file lawsuits seeking compensation for illnesses and injuries linked to the toxic water. Call today for your free consultation. 800-301-9153. Let our experienced attorneys fight to get you the compensation you deserve. And you pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Call 800-301-9153. That's 800-301-9153. Again, 800-301-9153. 9153. Dense fog advisory now in effect through later this evening. For tonight, areas of fog with occasional rain and drizzle, low 48 with temperatures rising to the mid 50s. Areas of fog tomorrow morning and breezy, otherwise mostly cloudy and mild. Tomorrow's high 55. Tomorrow night, low clouds, fog, low 39. Saturday, cloudy with areas of drizzle. Saturday will reach a high of 46. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. As a kid, I remember vividly Watching with my five sisters the Miss America pageant. Oh yeah! I mean, that's like right. that was like can't miss viewing for those five sisters. Listen, my mom and I every year yeah. watched it. And then, of course, the highlight when Miss America was crowned, and then Burt Parks crooned, "Here she comes." I mean, it was like right. you know, it was like the Super Bowl and New Year's Eve in one, where you swooned over the beauty walking down this runway. Yes, and we would, my mother, 
<laughs> my mother and I would always pick our favorites. Yeah, of course you would. You know, like I'm I'm going for Miss Montana. Yeah, exactly. No, I am solidly behind Miss Massachusetts. <laughs> and then the field would narrow and narrow and narrow. Right. And then of course the port. There were always like what three women or uh, on the on the. On the final sort of like, you're the runner-up, right. second runner-up, first runner-up. Right. Should should Miss America not be able to fulfill her obligations? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So now, of course, you know, with all the different changes in society, Miss America has diminished in stature. Oh, my God! Greatly so. Well, remember, wasn't Donald Trump uh, hosting it one no, year? No, I think it was it, uh, it was another sort of beauty, a national. I, I'm not sure. Uh, anyway. So it's not Bird Parks anymore. No, it's not. I mean, I haven't watched this no, of since not. I was probably 14. It was primetime television. I didn't even know it was still happening. It is. Now there's all sorts of different beauty pageants. Miss Universe, Mrs. America, Miss America. Right. I don't know. Well, we, well, we watched Miss Universe, too, just in case you were worried, because we sure <laughs> right. did. Because you were voting for, rooting for Miss America <laughs> exactly. to, to beat every I'm nation in the behind, world. I'm clearly behind Venezuela this year. As the most beautiful woman <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> I love it. Well, there's a new Miss America. There is. Uh, U.S. Air Force officer Madison Marsh. Uh, she's just 22 years old, and she's currently a second lieutenant, and she's been selected by the Air Force to start pilot training following her graduation from the U.S. Air Force Academy. That is so cool. Okay, so there's there's photos of her in, in her Miss American gown, and then next to the Miss American photo is her in her pilot outfit. I mean, she's wearing this helmet. You know, she's in a cockpit. It's super cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So she um, also has a degree in physics, mm-hmm. in case you're thinking that maybe she was some kind of slacker. Uh, she's currently pursuing a master's degree in public policy at Harvard. Um, and uh, she also, during the pageant, spoke about her mother's journey with pancreatic cancer, causing her to pass away when Madison was just 17. Mm-hmm. Um she talked about how pancreatic cancer is one of the top fatal cancers, yet it's underrepresented and there's not very much research about it. So she's president of the Whitney Marsh Foundation, which is a nonprofit she created. Good. Well, it's just fascinating. Now, she already has her pilot's license. Yeah. She did that when she was in high school. Um, so now she's going to go ahead and potentially be a fighter pilot, depending on how the training goes. So will she paint a crown on her helmet? I mean... It's really crazy. Now, here's the thing. I read this story, but I have not seen the picture. Oh, it's a cool picture. Okay. so Side by side. There she is, you know, looking beautiful. And then there she is. Oh, my gosh. Crushing America's skies. Isn't that cool? That's really crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. How times have changed. And I love it so much. I mean, so I wonder how many people watch Miss America at this point. Well, the numbers are pretty easy to see. I, you know, for a year, for a few years, it, it you know came off network television. I don't know if it's still broadcast on network television. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. Um, remember Atlantic City, right? Atlantic Roll, City. And there's Burt Parks, and then I think it wasn't it John Davidson for a while. Remember John Davidson? Yes, I do right? remember John I think Davidson. He was the host, and you know, it's kind of went from one to another to another. So, what did John Davidson do exactly? He was a singer. I know. He he kind of did... Everything. Yeah. He was kind of like an MC. Yeah. Right? He did, didn't he do game shows? Yep. Of right? course he did game shows. Yeah. That was sort of a very much a, a 70s, 80s, you know, Hollywood celebrity thing, where he was a, certainly a very handsome man with, you know, a, a nice personality, and he just kind of, you know, 
charm the hearts of America, Kath. That's really funny. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at these pictures of Madison Marsh, and she's going to charm the hearts of America, Excellent. I'll tell you right now. Well, Miss America, here she comes. Yeah. All right. We need to take a break. Oh, but before we do that, we want to talk about something special coming up for Valentine's Day. Speaking of charming the hearts. Yeah, exactly. Friday, February 16th, a night out on the Three Rivers of Pittsburgh featuring a terrific dinner, gorgeous views of the city, Mm -hmm. and time to spend with us. John and I will be your, uh, I was going to say your cruise directors, like we're doing the love boat or something. (laughs) We're just going to be on the boat with you, actually. Um, But it is going to be a special night. If you've got a uh, child, if you've got a parent... If you've got, of course, a sweetheart or a spouse or anything like that, this you can bring your friends, you yeah. can bring your neighbors. Yeah. Marilyn came out last time. She was by herself. Yeah. Remember Marilyn? Uh, anyway, the we, Valentine dinner cruise is going to be a ton of fun this year. We ran the gamut. Was that last year when that couple was married? We celebrated their anniversary. Oh, and it was like their 65th anniversary? Yeah. Or, and then, yeah. yeah. And then there, in the last one, there was like, you know, kids who were like 20 years old. Yeah. So it you know, sort of runs. Right. Young and old are yeah, welcome. Yeah, right? exactly. We'd love to see you Friday, February 16th. Tickets are still on sale. Get yours at wordfm.com. That's wordfm.com. And don't miss it. Uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day, is amateur night. Yeah, yeah. Trust me when I tell you. Come out for the real The people deal. who really know what's going on come out on the 16th. So join us. Lex is going to be there with her sweetheart. 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Kim Dolan Leto, ESPN fitness champion and author of the book Fit God's Way. The new year brings you a new opportunity to get healthy. Enter the Healthy You, Healthy Family sweepstakes. You can win a fitness package worth $5,000. It includes a one year fitness club membership for a family of four, fitness equipment, gift cards, and a copy of my new book Fit God's Way. Make this your healthiest year yet. Sign up to win now at wordfm.com. The IRS finally caught up with Louie. I hadn't paid my taxes in eight years. I owed the IRS a lot of money. Louie was in deep trouble. We're going to take your house, put a lien on your bank account, uh, garnish your pay. They don't care. They're going to take your paycheck. Louie found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. Optima Tax, they helped me. They calmed me down. They made me feel comfortable, and I trust them. Louie has a lot to be thankful for. I don't owe the IRS anymore, and I'm able to live a comfortable life, a lot better life. It was because of Optima Tax. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Take it from Louie. If you owe the IRS, don't go it alone. Give Optima Tax a call. They can help you. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. 2024 is a time to cast vision, to inspire, and to make Christ known. Join Cornerstone TV as we partner to tear down barriers and spread the hope of the gospel. Discover Visions of Hope Breakthrough 2024, featuring Jay Gilbert, Real Talk Kim, Matt Sorger, Mike Smalley, and Candace Smithyman. Tune in 8 p.m. January 22nd through 26th on Cornerstone Television Network. That's Verizon Channel 505 or 805 on Comcast Xfinity. Urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000 with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, 
lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-320-7171. That's 800-320-7171. We are called to follow Jesus. Some, and I'm sure you know this, people in your circles do it a beautifully way, right? They just, they follow along and you can see the radiance. Others, I'll raise my hand here, fail miserably. Mm-hmm. And you see it as well. Mm-hmm. The wreckage, the foolishness, the stupidity. Amy DeMarco is with us. Uh, Amy DeMarcangelo, sorry. Uh, Amy DeMarcangelo is the author of Go and Do Likewise, A Call to Follow Jesus in a Life of Mercy and Mission. Her newest work, Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Amy, I don't know about you, but, you know, because of our digital age, you know more about the suffering on the other side of the world. You also know more about the sin, the moral failings of the people around you. You know, news stories are, you know, thrust at you every single day. Uh, I feel overwhelmed. And sometimes I just feel like, you know, I, I just need to throw my hands up because the problem's too big. Yeah, I think that's a natural temptation that we do face, especially, as you said, in our digital world where we are exposed to um, atrocities happening all around the world, tragedies happening all around the world, um, problems in the church. And it is really tempting to see all this and be like, well, what can I do? I'm just an ordinary person. I I am limited. I can't change the world. I can't fix everything, every problem. And I think Satan would love to use that. He wants us to feel overwhelmed. He wants us to feel hopeless. And as Christians, like we know that this story of this broken world has, uh, that there is a savior working for redemption and that this savior who does have the power to, and will someday set every wrong thing right, He has chosen to work through his people. So while on the one hand, we can't fix all the problems, God has entrusted us with specific gifts and talents and opportunities where we can bring his healing hope into the world, where we can meet suffering, um, the suffering of our neighbors, the suffering in our communities, where we can seek to serve given the capacities he's given us. You know, he we're, we're not called to steward what we don't have, but we are called to steward what we do have. And so I think when we start feeling just overwhelmed with how much brokenness there is, we need to kind of um, pull back a little bit and remember, okay, God's the one in charge of the whole world and all these things that are outside of my control. But what has he entrusted to me? How can I be a steward of his grace to others and his mercy to others? Yes. So, Amy, th- those saints among us who do it well, and for the, the broken wreckage of, uh, of us who don't do it well, you've thought about this, obviously, written about it extensively in Go and Do Likewise. 
is there a first step? And I'm not looking for, you know, sort of the, you know, the, the cliff notes, but when you think about the brokenness in your own life and, and mm-hmm. use it as a call for us to follow along as well, to follow Jesus, what is that first step? I think our first step is reflecting on what Christ has done for us, because I, our mercy is always going to be an overflow. The, the love and generosity and care that we show to others is always going to be the overflow of recognizing the compassion and love and mercy Jesus has given to us. And so I think when, our, when we're meditating on that, we will naturally overflow more in compassion. When we think of Christ's compassion for us, we will naturally overflow in compassion towards others. When we think of how Christ gave his life in order to save us, well, giving our finances will then become a much easier and joyful thing to do. Um, When we think of just how Christ took us as enemies and made us children and friends, that is going to be what uh, what enables us to reach out to strangers, to welcome the stranger, to welcome the foreigner, and to um, to befriend the lonely. So I think our, our beginning point always needs to be what Christ has done for us, because that is going to be what keeps us from, mm-hmm. from striving in a way that is just motivated by guilt, like, oh, I, I, I'm not starving, so I guess I should share with people who are, it's like, well, yeah, that's true. But guilt motivation runs us down and doesn't produce any joy. If we want our our love for others to be um, a joy-filled practice, then that's only going to happen as we reflect on what Christ has done first for Mm, us. That's good. I think that's one of the things that becomes obvious when you see uh, when you're confronted by a person who has uh, an agenda and is really passionate about something Mm -hmm. and that thing could be a very good thing whether it's you know something like uh, uh, caring for the poor or it's abortion or it's climate change or it's you name it Mm -hmm. you know whatever the issue is um, it can come across as being a um a moral issue such that if you do what I'm doing, you can be as moral as me type mm-hmm. of thing. And I just, I've, I've seen this over the years so many times that it just doesn't inspire people. Um, and I think just because it's not, that's not what the heart of God is. And I, I think that's such an interesting mystery, how if we lose ourselves, I mean, this is what the scripture tells us, obviously, if we lose yeah. ourselves, that's where the real power is um, in in lasting change in people. Can you kind of talk about your experience with that? Yeah. Um, I think that I've, I've definitely been someone who I think has been tempted by uh, guilt motivation feeling that trying to be um you know there can be this own legalism almost what you were saying just then how people even people are really passionate about good things uh can make it like well you better do this or else you're not um living up to whatever this other standard is and the thing is we can't do everything but as we as we grow in just loving christ and not trying to be saviors ourselves. I think that was maybe a major thing God had to do in my heart is just reminding me, like, I am not the savior. Um, so I want to grow in just my love for him and grow in seeing people the way he sees people. And that that's going to be uh, where the fruit is. And 
and God has done that in my life. I think God has used um, just different. So I, I'm really involved in outreach to refugees, Muslim refugees in my neighborhood mm. and, or in my in my community. And that was a, a progression of things God had to do in my heart where I've always had a heart for mission. But it took some time for God to kind of show me like, hey, the nations are, are in your own neighborhood hey, this is a way to serve the vulnerable. You don't have to go overseas. It doesn't have to look the same way for every person. And for you living in the suburbs, this is how you can show mercy. This is how you can show the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. You can't fix the wars. You can't fix, um, you know, all these different (laughs) massive problems, but you can love this one family. You can serve this one family. And, um, and it's been, you know, even in that, that those things can be when you're involved in ministry for any number of years, if you don't keep Christ as the central motivation for your mercy, you can still burn out, uh, because you can kind of come up with, uh, we can, we can kind of be naive in what it looks like. We can be naive in thinking that we can fix certain problems, that it's, that it's not going to be too hard. And then when we, when we encounter maybe the weaknesses of the people we're serving, uh, if we don't have like a realistic picture of, of what Christ is doing and who we are and our own small role in this, then we can become very self-righteous towards people and judgmental towards people, even the people we're trying to serve. So I think it's, it's as we walk in humility before Christ, seeing our own need, that we are in need first, we receive first from him. And it's only that overflow by which we can serve others. That is going to be what gives us the stamina to keep serving week after week, month after month, year after year, as we face, you know, challenges of various kinds, remembering just Christ's patience with us, Christ's mm-hmm. ongoing compassion to us. That keeps us going. Mm-hmm. Amy DiMarcangelo is with us. We're talking about her latest work, Go and Do Likewise, a call to follow Jesus in a life of mercy and mission. Amy, people listening right now, some, uh, we think often a large degree, are not believers and Mm -hmm. don't understand the nature, the the definition and the action of what mercy is. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about mercy? Yes. So... In Scripture, we see mercy in sort of two ways. The first way, and this would be the most important way for an unbeliever to hear, is that all people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We don't uh, live to the standard God has set, and we are unable to. And because of our failures, uh, we deserve the wrath of God. But God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to die on the cross in our place, And he took the punishment we deserved, and he offers us forgiveness. This is his mercy to us, that he has given us a way of salvation where we were helpless and hopeless. So that is one way that that Scripture speaks of mercy. Um, And then the other way would be in regards to people also who might be helpless and hopeless, but not because of their sin. Um, it might be more related to your, if you've ever heard the parable of the Good Samaritan, even a lot of unbelievers have heard that. Um, that is an example that Jesus speaks about in showing mercy to neighbors where the Good Samaritan cares for a neighbor in need. It was someone who wasn't like him. It was someone who actually would have naturally been an enemy. And yet that person was in need and that person was helpless. And the Samaritan 
gave of his own time and resources and energy to care and show mercy to that person. So the mercy we receive from God is first and foremost the mercy of forgiving our sins and saving us from our helpless and hopeless state. But then mercy can also be expressed in a, uh, in a way that is caring for the physical needs of the helpless and vulnerable. And it's, it's where uh, people are, are show and, you know, and the point of it is to sort of point back to the ultimate mercy received from Christ. When mm-hmm. we care for the physical needs of others, the whole point of a Christian in doing that is to, um, it, it shows love, but it points back, hey, the best news, like I might be able to care for these physical needs, but the best news is there is a need that you cannot take care of on your own, and I can't even take care of for you, but God has sent his son in order to show mercy to you, and you can receive that gift of mercy from Jesus as your Savior. That's so good. The new book by Amy D. Marcangelo is Go and Do Likewise, A Call to Follow Jesus in a Life of Mercy and Mission. Amy, thanks for being with us again. Thanks for having me. 2024 is a time to cast vision, to inspire, and to make Christ known. Join Cornerstone TV as we partner to tear down barriers and spread the hope of the gospel. Discover Visions of Hope Breakthrough 2024, featuring Jay Gilbert, Real Talk Kim, Matt Sorger, Mike Smalley, and Candace Smithyman. Tune in 8 p.m. January 22nd through 26th on Cornerstone Television Network. That's Verizon Channel 505 or 805 on Comcast Xfinity. At Lowe's, save big every day when you buy in bulk. Save 15% when you buy four or more Purdy paint products. And there's more. Save 10% when you buy 68 or more panels of select OSB sheathing. Visit us in-store or online for low prices on the materials you need. Because Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Selection varies by location. While supplies last. Discount taken at time of purchase. See sales associate for details. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your current renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renters and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Not available in all states. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. Lots of channels. Nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. 
Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525. Sharing the word that changes the world wherever you are. On your smart speaker, oneplace.com, wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, and in your car at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. That's fog advisory now in effect through later this evening. For tonight, areas of fog with occasional rain and drizzle, low 48 with temperatures rising to the mid-50s. Areas of fog tomorrow morning and breezy, otherwise mostly cloudy and mild. Tomorrow's high 55. Tomorrow night, low clouds, fog, low 39. Saturday, cloudy with areas of drizzle. Saturday will reach a high of 46. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does what make sense? The butter dish. Now, I don't mean taking your butter and putting it on a dish. I mean there is a specific Mm -hmm. hallmarked Mm -hmm. dish set aside for this purpose. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oftentimes with a little lid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just a different shape. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's whatever, but it's designated. Nothing else goes on the butter dish. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Especially with the little lid. Yeah? Yeah. Do you keep your butter out on the counter? We do. Mm-hmm. Because I can't stand when it's that hard. Exactly. So when you cover it with that little nice little thing, yeah. it keeps it clean yep. away from the, you know, the dust of, The dust of life. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, plus it's a nice little presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm pro butter dish. Okay. Yeah. You think, it, do you think it makes sense? I think it makes all oh, the sense. Yeah. And you know what I think it points mm. to? When we were more civilized. <laughs> well, how about the butter crock? I'm fine with that. I, that's what we use. That's a big commitment. That's what we use. What do you do? How, so how do you, you, so you, you take the stick of butter mm-hmm. that's at room temperature, yeah. you put it in the little crock, yeah. and then you fill the outside or the base of it with wa- cold oh, water, and then oh, you invert oh. it in there. So the water makes a seal over your butter. Where do you buy something like that? Uh, I use the one that my parents used. Uh-huh. So it's been around a while. It's been around a while. So, that's the butter bell. Uh, the butter bell. As it's called. I'm going to look for a butter yeah, bell. Butter bell it's, an, uh-huh. it's an inexpensive thing, but okay. I, I I very much like it. So, I just feel like there's something... Your butter should look good. We're in agreement. It's exciting. <laughs> butter dish makes sense. All the sense. All right, it's kind of funny. I mean, you know, we never know what we're going to present here. Uh, I'm sort of in the same vein here Are with you. you. Yeah, because it's a food sort of thing. But I don't understand the hoop, hoopla about this. Sesame seed. I mean, people go, oh, it's a sesame seed bun. I go, ho, 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 the sesame (laughs) seed bun. Well, stop the presses, ladies and germs. What's the deal? Oh, they're so good. Come on. They're more flavorful than the average seed. Really? They make so much sense. I love a sesame seed. I don't think so. Yes. I don't get it. No, no. It's like it. the size of the seed is it's like it belies the incredible flavor pop you get from it. Really? Yeah, like when it's sprinkled on top of your sushi. So what? I, I love do. that. I love it. Or what about if it's in a dip? Like you, you've made a dip like maybe a garlic and onion dip and you just put some sesame. Oh. <gasps> 
I'm telling it's you. It's the key to that everything but the bagel seasoning is the sesame seed. I, I don't catch the enthusiasm oh you got there. Oh, my gosh. I you think it's overblown. I think you need to focus more on it. It makes no sense I to do. me I do. I feel like maybe you're a little too distracted. 101.5 Word FM, WORD. This week, as Pastor Greg Laurie continues his series of most requested messages, he'll point out what we can learn from the book of Acts about resolving conflict. And he'll show us how to look up when things look down. Tune in for practical insight listeners love the most. This week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning with Greg Laurie. Weekday mornings at 1030 on WORD. From New York, Shen Yun Performing Arts returns with a brand new production. You are not just watching a performance, you're witnessing a culture reborn. Come and see what the world has been waiting for. China before communism, live on stage. Let 5,000 years of beauty, wisdom, humor, and drama lift your spirit. This is Kathy Emmons. Join me for Shen Yun at the Benedict. Center, January 27th to 28th. Get your tickets today at ShenYun.com. That's S-H-E-N-Y-U-N.com. Tired of your damp, wet, musty basement, but afraid of the sticker shock to repair? Highlander Waterproofing and Foundation Repair believes you deserve much, much better than the status quo. Winner of the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Ethics two years in a row, Highlander is setting a new standard in an industry known for high-pressure predatory sales tactics. From basement waterproofing to full foundation rebuilds backed by the best warranty in the industry, don't fall prey. Call Highlander today. Schedule a free, no-obligation inspection at HighlanderWaterproofing.com. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your current renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renters and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Not available in all states. The Dinesh D'Souza Podcast, now available on the Salem Podcast Network. For the left, it's generally you open a door, and then if you notice that no one is pushing back to shut the door, you go right through it, and then you kick in the next door. If we offer no resistance, our past will basically be nothing more than a series of leftist incidents designed to overcome our past. Subscribe to the Dinesh D'Souza Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, Rumble, or at SalemPodcastNetwork.com. At Chilled to Perfection in Oakmont, you can look perfect at any age. Safe, fast, and completely non-invasive. Chilled to Perfection is your all-natural way to target stubborn body fat, age spots, cellulite, acne, hair loss, and more. For a limited time, get a cryoskin treatment in the area of your choice, plus cryofacial for just $2.49. Defy your age at Chilled to Perfection, where your results are their business. Visit ChilledToPerfectionPGH.com today. Years ago, when I was in elementary school, a new Winkies opened in the neighborhood. And I remember at lunchtime, the nuns opened the doors as, as the school was being let out for lunch. And there was a mass, a riot of kids rushing out the doors and running at full speed, a gallop, a flurry <laughs> to get to Winkies to be first in line. Including Jeffrey Chico. Jeffrey Chico cheated because his mom <laughs> picked him up. His mom. Now today there'd be that's all the all the mothers would be there. But Jeffrey Chico, he was an outlier. Mm-hmm. His mom was there ready to go. So he was first in line. He got helicopter a, mom. He got a tie, a little cowboy bow tie. Little string tie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
That was his prize for being number one in line. <sighs> 50 years later, I'm still mad. Anyway, <laughs> this thing is a, a real thing, that there are super fans, fast food super fans, who get in line like 24 hours before the new restaurant opens, like a new Chick-fil-A. There's a story in Wall Street, the Wall Street Journal, about a guy. His name is Jonathan Fried. He drove to a parking lot in Idaho, waiting in line to be number one in line at the in and out Burger. He waited in line for more than 15 hours. <sighs> car, you know, idling. Then he shut the car off. He took a friend of his. He took his dog and finally, at the end of the 15 hours, first in line at the drive through he goes in and he gets himself this, like, big triple, uh, triple, triple burger, animal style. He left with a souvenir sticker commemorating his achievement that he was number one. And this is a guy, Jonathan Fried, along apparently with hundreds, some say in this Wall Street Journal article, maybe thousands, they travel the country in the quest of being number one. At new restaurants. Does that make any sense? No. What does that do? What, why, why is that motivational? I just think you kind of get to break the seal, right? I'm number one. I, I feel like you'd be much better off not breaking the seal because there's going to be a lot of rust and inefficiency and issues and whatever. Don't you want to let those things shake out? I don't know. Chick-fil-A have um, Chick-fil-A locations across the country. In the past, they've hired police officers to handle the stream of cars trying to be number one. Some chains have tried to curtail opening day frenzy. Chick-fil-A long advertised a first 100 giveaway where the first 100 guests would get free food for a year. Okay, now that's a lot. Right? Okay, that that is uh, an incentive. It sure is. Now, that's, this led, of course, you might imagine, to people camping out overnight in the parking lots in new restaurants. When the pandemic hit in 2020, the chain dropped the promotion and asked restaurant operators to instead select 100 community heroes, such as teachers and healthcare providers, to receive the free food. Okay, I get that. Because otherwise, you're getting people who, you know. Crazy people. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. I okay. Mean, All right. Speaking of fast food. Yeah. It's uh, January, what, 25th. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if you, like, how, how often do you eat fast food? Not often. Okay. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time, you know, although my memory's not where. It, it's, been a, it's been a while since I've been to Chick-fil-A. I, I never go to McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I never go to Burger King. Although there's there's a Burger King down here in Green Tree, that shockingly went out of business, like it, like closed. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's down by my bank. It, like went out of business. And then like a few weeks ago, there was a big banner that said, open under new ownership. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. But I still, you know, I but haven't. You still don't go there. But I've you, never be, been there. But you, I've never walked but you inside want, there. But you want to be able to if the if the need strikes. Well, kind of shook my core, you know, shook me, my, my confidence in Burger King that, you know, they would go out of business. That's not a great location, though. What? What do you mean? Well, it's not the best location. It's across from the bowling alley. Yeah, there. but it's not like huge traffic. I mean, there's some, but I think enough to keep in business, right? You think what kind of bad ownership would it be that you would allow it to go out of business? Maybe there's no fast food that smells as good as Burger King. No, that's a really interesting recipe, isn't it? Whatever They're when you when smoke. you walk in, man, that smells. It covers the whole neighborhood. So. Good. No, seriously, it's across the street from my bank. 
So I put my, you know, I go to the bank drive-thru, put your window down. You smell like a burger. Oh, I love that. I want to drive across there and get myself a, a whooper. <laughs> a whooper with cheese. <laughs> uh, okay, so but January 25th, have you changed how you're eating? Like, it's a new year. I don't know if you, you know, you made any resolutions about <laughs> that or you're trying to, you know, people do like dry January right. or something like that. I'll say this. I've considered how I should eat. Okay, you've been thinking about it. But at 9 o'clock, the cookie jar calls out and goes, John, come please. Cookies are waiting. My wife made oatmeal chocolate chip cookies the other day. I love an oatmeal cookie. I mean, seriously. I love them so much. If I could stick those in my, you know. Right. My head straight into my brain. Oh, they're so delicious. (laughs) It's the best. So have I made any major changes? No. Okay. I've also been thinking about getting back on the bike, but that's all. Oh, story. okay. Right. All right. This is not good weather for that. Inside. Oh, okay. Like a yeah. stationary bike. Yeah, because here it is January. If I don't do this in January, when it comes April or May, I really hate myself. Okay. Got it. Well, I... Have you? Well, I can... Yes, because I conservatively ate about 600 cookies between January or between December 20th and January 20th. Yeah, but cuz you had like 8,000 people at your house doesn't for Christmas. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I you made still... 50, you made 50 dozens. Yes. 50 dozen. Yeah. How many and of those dozen are left? Uh a good amount. They're in the freezer. Let me just say this. We've yet to see a single cookie here. Well, that's a you good point. You have to point. see one, Lex, right? Right? That's right. That's, I keep forgetting. Oh, it's yeah. not that I don't like you. Well, we happy to remind you. Okay, good. Remind me. Um, plus, you and your wife are coming over for dinner in a few weeks. We are. And I'm planning on having yes. cookies for dessert. Excellent. Uh-huh. Anyway, okay, here's the thing. I decided, I think I shared this on, on the air a couple days ago. Maybe, um, perhaps it was a week ago. They all run together. They do. I decided that I needed to get a grip on myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Gotta I- Gotta draw the line. I, I've had, right. So this week, I have gone to bed early every night. Nice. Okay, this started Sunday. What time would that be? So I am in bed sometime between 10.30 and 11.15. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, I'll top that. The other night, I I woke up at 3.30 in the morning. Last night, I went to bed at 8.30. (laughs) 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 That's just just embarrassing. No, no, I don't... You haven't done this yet. I mean, I, literally, the night before, I woke up at 3.30, oh. and I was I literally I laid there for hour after hour after hour. I know at some point I fell back asleep, but I was, like, really tired right, yesterday. Right, right. So 8.30, I was like, I'm going to bed. Everybody looked at, what? <laughs> what? They laughed. They laughed like you laughed. Right. Like, like giving me, like, the L sign on my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, that's hard for me, because I, if I could... You know, I'd go to bed at two. Right. That would be, that's my. That's your modus operandi. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I'm trying to be good. So I'm going to bed early yeah. and I haven't had dessert since Sunday. Mm, that's good. Which is only a few days, but for me, it's no, a big no, that's deal. that's really good. It's a big deal. And I have worked out every day. Wow. So I feel like. Congratulations on thank that. Thank you. I'm four days in, but I'm trying to make a change. It's really hard to mm-hmm. make a change. Right. The habit. It's hard. They say if you can do it for three weeks. Then it becomes natural. Okay. There's some muscle memory there. Right. But man, the first three weeks, I think it's really hard. Yeah. To deny yourself. I don't want to do that. No. I want to just keep eating cookies. Take up your cross, guys. <laughs> but see, then I think, I don't want to over-spiritualize it. No, of course not. Because I'm not trying to like please God by doing it. I no, wish no. I was. I wish my heart was, oh, I should do this to please God. But in, I'm just kind of disgusted with myself. Right. I mean, you know... Uh, 
what's the wake-up call is when you look in the mirror. Exactly. Oh, like, hey, really? what's going on there, Johnny? Right. Stop while you can, please. Because here, here's the deal. It's still January. It's still January. Right? So spring is going to still months and months away. Right. When you put on a pair of shorts and a T-shirt, I don't want to be like hanging out six ways to Sunday. Right. So exactly. There's so still plenty of time. This is the perfect time, right? You're right. There Plus, it is. it's so foggy outside. It's lovely. I mean, it's not. But it's then you might want to – it might give you some – Impetus to stay inside and do something. Although, if it was foggy building. in April, you could kind of hide. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that John over there? No, it's just fog. Okay, so I want this is this is my goal. Yeah, I want to lose ten pounds, lose 10. and just and just be healthier. Yeah, by at the end of March. Okay. What do you think? February, end of March. March. You got eight weeks. Yeah. Eight and a half weeks. I feel... That's that's very doable. Okay. And still. I'm not, and I'm not going to go crazy. I have eaten very well every day, mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm, you know. But I'm eating good food, and I'm not eating dessert. Right. So you got to move the body and just shut the mouth a little more. It's hard, right? Yeah. Oh, is it ever? Oh my god. Yeah. The other day, I was I was in the grocery store. I had to pick them up, and I found. Oh, I'll make a left hand turn down the cookie aisle. I mean, look at all the Oreos there are oh. now. There are so many delicious varieties of Oreos. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the others, but I just, you know. Right. And then you go, you know, life is short. Exactly. So why, why shouldn't I? That's what I thought. That's, why, John, that's why I had about four dozen uh, Russian tea balls But then I Christmas. think, as I'm chewing, as I'm chewing, I'm going, well, this tastes good. But, but it's not that good. Right. How much am I, why am right. I doing this? Mm-hmm. Why? Right. You can chew some gum. That's so dissatisfying, No, isn't it's it? not. No. No, it's not. Okay, but after dinner, are you going to want to choose? Well, you know what, honey? I'd like to. I'm going to sit down and watch uh, Julia and chew some gum. Well, how about you? I'll just have half a stick. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with half a stick of gum. No, no, I'm a small person. I okay, don't need wait, a whole hey, stick. Here's a little sidebar. I'll get this gum. What's it? It's in the j- little jar, the little container, yeah. the little blue thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. What. Mentos. Yeah. I, it comes time. Like, when it comes time for me to have gum, I'm not having one. I'm not having two. I'm doing three. Get out. Give me three. Why would you do that? Because it tastes good. How big is your mouth? <laughs> big. I mean, for goodness I'm sake, I'm doing three. three. And then I go to you. You always like some gum? Yeah, give me half of one. I'm like, <laughs> seriously? Half? Like, because where are you? I, I'm a small person. Where I'm are you? I mean, I mean, it's... I don't like I don't like to be chewing. It's just a lot of work when you've got large quantities in there. I'm chewing that gum for like the next four hours. <laughs> right? I'm... I'm good 20 minutes with my 20 gum. 20 minutes? I told you my sister when we were kids, she would chew gum all day long, and when she go to bed, she put it on the bed bedpost, wake up in the morning, put it back in. That's so disgusting. <laughs> she was a kid. <laughs> all right, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as we navigate the challenges of our time, it's crucial to stand firm in our faith and uphold the values that have shaped our nation. The Bible teaches us the importance of faith, family, and freedom. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, we're reminded to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and to lean not on our own understanding. AMAC, like us, values faith as a guiding principle in our lives and in the decisions that shape our nation. As Christians, we cherish the freedom 
freedom to worship, to live our lives in accordance with our faith. AMAC advocates for policies that safeguard our religious liberties, ensuring that future generations can continue to exercise their faith without fear. Join us in this mission to preserve the biblical values that make our nation strong. Visit amac.us forward slash faith and let your voice be heard. That's amac.us forward slash faith. This is an urgent message from the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. It's so cold here at the former Soviet Union. Very, very cold. Every winter is a fight for survival. President and CEO of the Fellowship, Yael Eckstein. I can't feel my fingers and I can't even begin to describe to you the cold that's in the air. And I'm going around visiting these elderly Holocaust survivors that don't have gloves, that don't have a coat. And oftentimes they don't even have heating. Throughout the former Soviet Union and in war-torn Ukraine, the poorest and most vulnerable Jews are in desperate need of food and winter provisions. With a gift of just $25 to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, you will help provide one emergency food box to a poor elderly Jew. Call 800-354-3939. 800-354-3939. That's 800-354-3939. What would God want for these elderly Holocaust survivors? He would want to bless them. He would want to give to them. Once I've seen their suffering, I can't just turn my back on them. And if I don't help, no one will. If I don't bring them heat, they won't have heat this winter. If I don't bring them food, then they will not eat. And that's what the fellowship tries to do. Today, you can be an angel sent by God to bless one of his chosen. A gift of just $25 to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews helps provide one emergency food box to a poor elderly Jew. $50 helps provide life-saving winter provisions like heating fuel, warm blankets, winter clothing, and medical assistance. Call 800-354-3939. So this has happened in churches all across the country, I'm sure. Our church is not um, uh, unique in this, and Kath, yours as well. Lex, I wonder if this is you, you too. Uh, it comes time for the passing of the offertory plate. Mm-hmm. Now, I think most churches, big and small, have gone with the option of electronic funds transfer, mm-hmm. which we have done. Right. Happily. It makes it so easy. It really it? does. And you don't forget. No. You can set it up. You can do it regularly. Right. There it is. It's good. We're good to go. However, out of, uh, you know, tradition or just the off chance that somebody wants to give, we are still doing the passing of the plate. Does anybody put anything in the plate? It's anemic. Is it? It's anemic. I mean. Oh, is that uncomfortable? There might be a, a, a scrap of a gum wrapper or something in there. <laughs> I, I'm not even quite sure. I don't know. I mean. Somebody so everybody them. out there knows that they're doing EFTs. So it's not like nobody's giving to the church. Right. But they're still passing the plates. To be honest, when it comes and it's empty, I get all guilty. I get all anxious. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> because you feel you feel badly that you're not. Like I'm a, like I'm a loser. Like I'm like. Or you're letting the usher down? Everyone. Because, <laughs> you know, my usher, the friends, my, my the ushers are my buddies. They give me the eyeball. I give them the eyeball back. I, I, I'm doing my part, you know. Like, I wish that we could hold up, like, a little receipt. 
Right. Like I gave. Right. Right. That, you know, there it is. This happens in your yeah, church? Yeah. Uh-huh. Lexi, no, you're a worship leader, so mm-hmm. you, you miss that moment. Yeah, I don't really I don't okay. really see that moment. Lex, Lex do you see it in you? yours? What are you doing there? Yeah, I see it all the time, and I also get anxious, even though I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I'm just giving a little tip. Thanks for letting me have a job. <laughs> but they always walk by, and I always kind of like look at the ushers, like side-eye, and I just immediately go back to, you know. The old side-eye. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. the pro presenter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, also nobody's putting anything in your offering plate? Yeah, I'm not seeing a ton. Yeah. Not a ton, yeah. right? I mean, you know who the visitors are because they, you know, reach in their pocket and pull out some cash or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Of course, maybe people who are, who are super old okay. are not doing are, that. Are the people at your church still passing the plates down the aisle or are they just kind of walking no, down? Ours are just walking down the aisle. Okay. And, and, and so somebody would have to put up their hand to get the plate if right. they were in the middle of the aisle. And they Lex, like, are they, is that how yours does? Yeah, that's how mine's okay. doing it. Because it used to be the old time, right? Yeah, you pass it right down. You pass it all the way down. Here it comes. I got nothing, and everybody's doing the same thing. Because nobody has cash. Do you carry cash? Occasionally. You know, I had a dream the other night. Did I tell you this? I had a dream the other night. In the middle of my dream, I don't know what the dream was about, but I just remember this little tiny thread. I reached in my pocket, and I had $1, and I felt bad. And then the next morning, I got dressed later on, you know, and I got dressed. I reached in my pocket. There was a dollar bill, and I felt bad. What, so you're, now you're prophetic. I don't know what it meant. I, no, I, I don't really carry cash. Do you? No, uh, no, I don't. I get excited when I have cash. Like the feel I, of it. I, 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 no, not like I'll go to buy something and I'll pull up my card and I'll be like, oh, oh I have cash. A 10, right? right, exactly. Lex, do you carry cash? Uh, sometimes, but mm. I do love paying with cash because I'm like, oh, it was free because it, it was money in my pocket and it didn't come out of my bank account. Right. The right. number exactly. doesn't go down, therefore I didn't spend it's anything. It's free. Right, 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 right. How about... <laughs> This is maybe this is my the tapping of the of the debit card. It seems fake, doesn't I it? I can't tap effectively. There's not, there's not even a swipe. I feel like I'm not trying hard enough to pay. No, I, I stand there and all of a sudden like I'm doing tap, 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 tap. <laughs> it's not working. Tap some more. Then I just give up and go swipe. Well, you're not supposed to. T- you're supposed to kind of lay it there. Well, I don't know. The tap <laughs> etiquette, the tap thing. Cause, you know, I'm with my kids and my kids look at me like they roll their eyes and go, this man is ancient. Please surrender. <laughs> you know, I had a dream last night that I just thought of that was really, really captivating oh i was a a we'll be the judge of that (laughs) (laughs) i was captivating for me yes i was a prisoner in a russian prison what yes i was incarcerated in a russian prison unfairly of course yeah and yeah and i have your heart because i I think of evan gershkovich right how many people are gershkovich i'm not sure how you pronounce it how many people are, are, are imprisoned around the world? I mean, Just, I, it was fairly, it was so when I say it was captivating, like I woke up and I almost felt guilty that it wasn't real mm. because it was so it was such a travail and trying to get anybody to hear what I was saying, you know, that I didn't do it. And of course, nobody cared. No, nobody, of course. Every, right? Everyone's innocent. In and there. knowing that it was going to be a political ploy between countries. And I felt kind of guilty about that. And also I had no hope that the U.S. was going to do anything. To, I mean, it was the whole thing. Really? I, I, we weren't even talking about Evan Gershkovich yesterday no, or no. any other. I don't know why it came into my head, but it was really, I don't know. That is fascinating. I mean, I, I just had a dollar in my pocket. 
I love dreams, don't you? I love dreams so much. I love them, but don't take them seriously. No, of course not. Yeah. I mean, what? Some people take them really seriously. Well, I told you, I had a friend who had a, he had a dream journal. Yeah. I have a friend who does that too. Wake up in the morning, write your dream down, and then they sort of, it's a guide somehow for their life. Is that right? I don't know. Because the mind's talking. It's saying something. How's your marriage? <laughs> Does that have to do with my I don't know. The Russian prison, maybe prison that's your sentence. marriage. I don't know. Really? I don't know. No, I'm just making fun. I don't fun. think so. I'm making fun of that. Lexi, do you write down your dreams? No. I don't dream very often. You don't? Though. Really? Not really. I dream I'm vividly. I'm an excellent dreamer. Me too. I, I, feel, I give myself- yeah, It must be nice. <laughs> Listen, I hate to brag, my but I am me, extremely creative yes, in my dreams. Yes. Well, that's an excellent dream you just Thank had. Thank you so much. My kid tells me he's never had a dream in his life that he remembers. That's what he said. Because I'll wake up in the morning, blah, 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 blah. He'll go, never once have I remembered my dreams. You've got to be kidding me. That's what he tells me. I go, what the heck? Okay, now, my husband is a regular dreamer, but you know what he dreams? Mm. Exactly the thing that happened during the day. What? (laughs) He dreams about his day. Yeah, he dreams like, so I say, "How did you dream anything? He's, yeah, I, I dreamt what happened yesterday. That's wild. What does that mean? I don't know, but we've we've picked on him for years about it. Like, you know, can't you up your creativity a little? No, apparently not. I mean, I was in a Russian prison camp. I don't... <laughs> what, and you were just, you know, driving home on the parkway? I mean, people do believe that God speaks to them, of course. You know, God, well, God has spoken Yeah, to people dreams. in dreams. Yes. Which I would love. God. Yeah. I'm wholly available. Let me hear you in the dreams, right? But then... Will you discount that? Because will you think, well, is that the same as a Russian prison dream or a dollar bill in my pocket dream? Right? Because we're used to that. I don't know what to say. You know what you can say. Bye-bye. <laughs> the Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.